Welcome to Good News, Bad News, the Libertarian Christian Roundtable, where every other week we challenge the status quo and give you the libertarian Christian analysis of what's happening in your world. Welcome back to another episode of Good News, Bad News, the Libertarian Christian Roundtable, or I guess Triangle, because Norman is on a timeout because of his rant last week. He's calling it a business trip, but I don't know. Uh, but tonight we're going to talk about the uh, the ever amazing Elon Musk uh, t- uh, addressing Vladimir Putin and the not at all amazing Joe Biden blaming Putin for everything. We're going to talk about daylight saving time becoming permanent. And Carrie's going to talk to us about the confusion by Christians over nationalism. So, oh yeah. Um, but before we begin, I think it's important that you that you know that LCI has a really huge presence all over the place. We have a presence on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We have a presence on YouTube, of course, because you are probably watching this. If you're not, you're listening to it. And so we, of course, need you to like and subscribe and share and rate and review and all those things. And I really, really do mean it. Go ahead and hit pause. Go do those things. And then now Aaron is going to show you something on his screen. He's going to show you an example of our social media and some of the things that he's been posting that has riled people up a little bit. Aaron, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you show your screen there. To our audience... And for those not viewing this, we'll have to describe it. Yes. Okay, so here I'm sharing um, the Libertarian Christian Institute uh, page on Facebook, which is actually looking pretty nice. Thank you for the design, Doug. Um, Now, as you guys can see, the very last post we have here, it's a very simple, straightforward, reality-based meme shared by the Kyle man that says, yes. The the Kyle man. Yeah. That Kyle, there you go. Keep Who, up, by the way, up. is about to be one of the guests on our uh, upcoming podcast episodes. Our beloved, the Kyle man. Yes. Uh, shares a very simple, common sense uh, point of view that says Russia shouldn't invade Ukraine. And the word and does mean something. It does exist. We can use it. It has a meaning. So we can add the proposition also, we shouldn't start World War III over it. Both propositions are perfectly compatible with each other. Does it make sense, everybody? Yeah, Our and I bet, you, I bet you all of the comments, which we're not going to show, of course, for sake of privacy, Aaron, um, you could probably tell us that all of the comments were totally rational and people were nodding their heads virtually and saying, oh, my goodness, this is so reasonable. I totally agree, LCI and the Kyle man. That was, that was the response, right? Uh, there was one person uh, that did a very uh, interesting response saying, oh, in fact, Russia is the one that has done both. Oh, well. Interesting, well, right? Well, it's not a world war yet. It, that's ex- that's literally what I said. You guys can go check. I actually answered that in the comments section. Exactly okay, so what you said. I just, I just need to be clear. We can believe that Russia shouldn't invade Ukraine. Yep. And that the United States shouldn't start World War III because of it. Yes, we can actually do it. Under That's amazing. The, uh, under the absolute wow. authority of the Kyle man. For those of you who have no idea who, Kyle, who the who, Kyle who can man be against is, us. Kyle man <laughs> is the, uh, the editor-in-chief at the Babylon Bee. Right. So we have full authority to believe both propositions because they have been approved already. And they're perfectly rational, common sense. Uh, and also, guys, other ones. Uh, okay. We're we the just, ones. We, we should just make that a soundbite so that we can 
play it every single time somebody yeah. gets confused over it. Yeah, we pretty we should, and you can just or make a GIF out of it, and just you just have to respond to everybody's, you know, crazy response with just this meme. Yeah, <laughs> we can do both. Okay? For sure. So, Aaron, this is not just a, a a single incident. I mean, our Facebook page and the things that we share that are rational. I mean, some things are meant to be provocative, of course, but there is a um, a sense in which there are a lot of Christians and libertarians who are very confused over what it is that they can be in favor of. And it's like, I think it's sort of like our impulses that we have to take sides. And so you have the president, uh, Joe Biden, sort of blaming Putin for you know all the ills uh, of the last two years of his presidency, even though Putin's really only affected the last month or so. Um, you know, it's gas prices are because of Putin and all these other things are because of Putin. And it's like, hey, let's look over here at Vladimir Putin and just like blame him for everything. So a lot of Christians are also very, very confused. Um, and so I, th I think it's probably you know helpful for us to discuss uh, the kinds of ways that that we can uh, be not confused about this situation. Uh, Carrie, you, I think you have one example of someone who is befuddlingly confused. confused. Be, be, very confusing or confused. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Pelosi decided that um, the problem of inflation cannot be a consequence of government spending because government spending is paying off the national debt, according to Pelosi. Wait, 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 so, wait, 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 what? She said <laughs> government spending is paying off the national debt. Yes, and so therefore uh, is not the cause of inflation. That's mm. what she said. <laughs> at, at, at some point, right, we have to say, hey, the government might be responsible for some of the crap going on <laughs> that we're experiencing right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, everywhere we turn, it's no, it's not our fault. Um, yep. It's Russia's fault. It's, um, you know, it's not a consequence of our, yeah, we're, it, it's not because we're printing all kinds of money and sending out stimulus checks. No, 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 no. That's, that's not how that works. Well, we have that one it's, too, right? It's also, it's, oh, and in when all else fails, it's Trump's fault. Well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. It's now, to, to to bring it a little uh, to, to to bring it to bring the point. This this was a thing, long time ago. Printing money would always cause inflation. Something happened in two thousand and eight. The Fed found a way to create money without going into the markets, so it didn't create a lot of inflation. Now, twenty twenty and on, they found a way for the for the Fed to create money, and the government, the federal government through fiscal policy, ensure that the new money ended up in the consumer markets, pushing up the prices of consumer products, including gasoline. So there's no way out of it. We have, we're spending way more than the supply chains can produce. And everybody knows it. There's nobody that has, has denied that we have a supply chain, chain problem. If we have spending, more demand than the supply is going to increase yeah. prices. That's what we've been saying, inflation. And that's backed by the Fed creating new money and the federal government ensuring that that money uh, and the derivatives of that money end up in the consumer markets pushing prices up. And the national debt is not being paid on top of that. That's insane. <clears throat> okay, yes. So that, that that's what happened. I'm trying to actually look for that example. Let me show you guys one more that I really, really, really enjoyed. That it pretty much goes in the same uh, in the same vein. Uh, give me one second. And let By me the way, 
I have a question for you, Aaron. Have you heard about the cost of production being up 40% or something like that? Yes. Ah, I was going to bring that up. Yes. So that means that uh, producers have been kind enough all this time to literally not pass all of the increased costs of inputs of production products. We have had inflation rate somewhat around 8%, 7%, which is really, really, really high to what we're used to it. And on top of that, producers are not passing the whole thing on. They're actually, there have been like some months that he's been like an annualized basis, of course, 40%, 20%, 10%, and he has not made it. So they're absorbing the their costs to some extent, but that can't yes. last forever because they have to Ex survive. Exactly. Oh. So, so they aren't greedy capitalists? Now, this is the interesting thing. People that <laughs> well, they say, want that, to survive, that, 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 Carrie. So, like, <laughs> you know, maybe they're long term greedy capitalists, which is just. Oh, wow! There's a lot of sarcasm. Now so this where we get tricky. People literally go and look. People literally go and look at the <laughs> companies that made a profit because their cost didn't shoot up. Oh, and they say, you see how they're price, and it's as if that represented all of producers, and that's the right. whole point that you cannot well, just go and pick, pick and choose. But even still, it's a standard refrain: prices go up, and somebody's like, ah, oh, they're just being greedy, and. Yeah. You know, if the cost of production is actually up 40% and we're only feeling 8% of it, and, that and, is and, clearly not greed. And, and and for the small business owners, I was actually having that uh, discussion <clears throat> with Doug in, in the morning. Uh, no, in the afternoon. Uh, the one-off among many of the social functions of the entrepreneur and much more so the small, a small business owner is to provide a final good that has a very stable and predictable price, carrying on all of the risk of a very volatile cost of production that can yeah. go up and it can yep. go down completely unpredictable. That's yeah. something that we don't talk about it. And that's because we don't talk about the social functions of entrepreneurs and small businesses. That's precisely why they're easily uh, maligned in the public eye, because we do not talk enough about all the social benefits and functions of entrepreneurs specifically Small businesses that cannot actually afford those super hypes and still carry yeah. on the risk. So there small are... business, small businessmen are Superman, and women. And and I was gonna say, yeah, no, <laughs> it literally <laughs> well, everybody, no, even kids, they really are. They, they are. Kidding. In fact, I I actually know of a local story without revealing any names or anything like that. Where uh, it's not really a story. It's just that I have inside information about a particular person in an organization or in a. Uh, in a company who has worked very, very hard at dealing with supply shortages and dealing with the ability to get them and what that the end result, because they're they're a producer of things. So they have they have inputs and they have to get supplies um, and then they create things with those supplies and they send, you know, out output a stable priced product, like you said, Aaron. And what you have is this guy, we'll call him John, who is um, able to think ahead work very, very hard at making sure that on the other end of things, they get a stable price. Now, it might be going up a little bit, but it's also that they actually get it on time and you know, there's more factors than just the price. It's predictable as much as possible even in 2022. So John has been going, going crazy, really, uh, in uh, making sure that the acquisition of things doesn't cost the company much so that they can actually say, hey, consumer, client, whatever, uh, we don't have to up the price 40% 
we're only going to up our price two and a half percent, which is our normal price increase or something like that. Right. And so you have people working tirelessly to actually not just absorb the cost, but like deal with it in a way that's strategic or clever or they maybe they were they had foresight and they 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 knew they had warehouse storage and they were able to clear it or, you know, all kinds of different things. So that the average insurance. price. Yeah. So that the, the average price doesn't have to go up or they can buy they could buy in bulk. You know, there's all kinds of ways that people are trying to please their customers. These greedy people just trying to please their customers. Sorry, okay, I started. So let me show you. Let me show you next week here. Let me show you guys. get a timeout. Okay, this is not the B. I promise you guys, it's not the B. I wish it was. Okay, ready? Yep. It's a meme that is not a meme. Sadly so. Soaring gas prices are hurting <sighs> Americans, so it's time for more stimulus check. Oh my gosh. The government needs to push prices up more so that mm. the gas prices continue to go up or something like that. I remember when liberals, sorry, not liberals. I shouldn't say that. They're not liberals. They're something liberals. I remember when leftists um, Progress. really wanted gas prices to go high so that more people would buy Teslas or electronic vehicles. Electronic. Oh, electric but that's, vehicles. That is what we're supposed to do now. You can't afford your, we, you can't afford gas prices. Go buy a $50,000 Tesla. You can't pay off your student loans, but you can somehow afford a Tesla. Yes. Yes, all the single moms out there are sighing. Okay, dog. Okay, yeah, he's back. Okay. Nice. Okay. Carrie, how are Christians confused over this issue with uh, nationalism? We're going to jump back to to Ukraine-Russia controversy. Oh, yay. More confusion. So, okay. Um, I found this article on, um, <clears throat> I believe it's the conversation is what it's called. Yeah, the conversation. Um, their their tagline is academic rigor, journalistic flair. Um, so they're talking about how Ukraine uh, is winning its war for freedom, right? And they're pointing out that the thing that is really helping them fight for their freedom is basically their their nationalism, their their sense of nationalistic identi identity. And of course, for the past, what, two, three years, I mean, it was certainly before COVID that uh, this, this criticism came up. Actually, it was because of Trump that this criticism came up. Um, Christians on the right were being criticized for being nationalists, right? So then the, the term Christian nationalism became a thing and was also a bad thing. Now, just for clarification for our listeners, we are not nationalists. We oppose nationalism. Um, but, you know, there are also things that are getting thrown into uh, that that term, Christian nationals, nationalism, which happens to include some classical liberal ideas that America was was founded on. And so sometimes libertarians can get lumped into this, this tagline. Um, it's almost it's like historically... people don't understand the idea of a Venn diagram. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I think that happens in the United States because we have, historically speaking, we have the the beginnings. If you if you wish, we're classical liberals. So you can right. say that the the nation is closely connected yeah. to right. Well, you know, our our uh, public state. discourse is in desperate need of of some nuance. But um, at any rate, now. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, so this article is is praising um, Ukraine. And one line here says a sense of Ukrainian identity has only grown stronger in the century since young men gathered um, at uh, Kruti. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right to defend Kiev, uh, which, you know, they're referencing the, the history, especially uh, Ukraine's history with uh, the USSR. And one of the things that they point out is that when uh, the USSR uh, was, uh, you know, take, taking Ukraine in, right, they didn't want to acknowledge um, the national, the, the nationalistic feelings that Ukrainians had. They had a different language, they had different customs, different, you know, the social structure and that sort of thing. And they're pointing out here that the bad guys in this whole thing were the people who were trying to shut down any sort of sense of identity um, that that these people had, you know, as a as a community, as a uh, as a nation. And so, you know, that was the the socialists, the communists who were trying to take away the identity and and, you know, cancel it, you might say. And now it's being praised as a mo you know as a mode of fighting for freedom and yet for the past two three years you've had uh you know conservatives and libertarians appealing to some of our own um you might say you know uh char characteristic features of of american identity uh which we just mentioned you know are some classical liberal ideas uh, um and you know that's being quote unquote canceled that's being dragged through the mud that's being you know we're being told no you can't actually like the constitution has now become a dirty word um you mentioned that and it's just like oh um you must app you, you know you must think that's divinely inspired and so you're a christian nationalist i mean it's it's insane the the uh the lack of nuance that that is happening right now but it is quite a bit of hypocrisy. We don't have to be nationalists, um, but also denying our own history and some of the principles that our country was founded on, um, which are good. That's Is that the Constitution? I mean, with all uh, with all the nuances that, you know, that I would add to this comment, uh, it, it's supposed to limit, I mean, just if you read the Federalist, Federalist Papers, yeah, uh, it's supposed to limit literally nationalist uh, encroachment over localities. Right. Well, and, you know, anybody who has spent any significant time in libertarian circles knows that we even have our own criticisms of the of the Constitution. And of but, John Locke in himself. So might yeah. But the point is, is that we can have those conversations with some nuance and without, um, you know, ridiculing people that we disagree with um, and, you know, outright canceling them. Um, but now it's like, oh, it's OK that uh, Ukraine is fighting for freedom using violence and from a uh you know sense of of nas nationalism because russia is bad <laughs> and yes russia is bad we've we've been through this <laughs> russia should not have invaded ukraine <laughs> um but at the same time do we really want to be praising nationalism and do we really want to be deriding people at home who also want to fight for freedom in the, in peaceful ways only so. Ukrainians are allowed to fight uh, to have certain sentiments or what, something like that, you know, like, this is odd. Yeah, I, I don't quite get it. Um, no. <laughs> so, I know, you don't get um, it. 
yeah no it's it's kind of it's kind of confusing for a lot of people i think because we we know we don't want war we just were we just spent 20 years roughly at war and i think americans are a little bit war weary uh, there might be some who are kind of like oh we need a new war to fight you know we need to fight you know somewhere um at what point does the question that comes to my mind is at what point is this something that's a little bit more like self-defense rather than nationalist uprising or not not nationalist uprising but nationalist re, re, rebuttal of of Russian invade of, of the Russians invading? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like there is there is a point at which I'm like, well, my my gut intuition is that Ukrainians should stand up and fight. Right. They have to. Um, and as 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 a as a people. And in some in and some ways, people in my mind, go out. That, right. That's yes, how it exactly. Is. Well, and the thing in my mind, it's like, well, does it matter that they're nationalists or are they just getting through the moment? And what rallies them yeah. is the fact that we're together in this. Hey, guys, we're in this well, together. And uh, they're using a uh, commonality. Yes. Yeah, I think one thing that, that Aaron has raised in the past, uh, it might have even been on our previous episode, is the necessity to distinguish between uh, the people and their governments. Yeah. And that is that results in some major confusion, because I think we can see uh, libertarians can see that the governments of Ukraine and Russia have been behaving badly. <laughs> And one way they, or another. <laughs> yeah, one way or another. They've been behaving badly um, for years. And the people that are getting hurt and drug into this are the people who have nothing to do with government. They're the regular, everyday people who just want to go and live their lives. And yeah. they don't have... Uh, they don't hold anything against, you know, Russians or, you know, and the Russians don't hold anything against have the Ukrainians. Have some kind of sense of predictability. Yeah. So they can make their plans for the future. Yeah. I think it's very important that we make it absolutely clear that the people who have started this conflict are governments and they are dragging peaceful people into it. And that's what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's uh, do it again. Ukrainians have every right to defend themselves against the Russian yes. army sent yes. by Putin. Putin should have never, ever, ever invaded uh, the Ukraine. And the U.S. government has to stay away because we, it's, it's just not our battle. Right. Now, nothing yeah. wrong with private citizens helping out. I have friends who are Ukrainians, and I love them with all my heart. It's just not the U.S. government to be involved. That, right. that, that, that's what I, that's I have the solution. Going. I have the solution. It's right here. Ideas. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Elon oh. Musk, Elana Musk, which he, he changed his name. It's really funny. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, apparently someone made fun of his name and or something. I, I didn't read it. I only noticed right before I went on to grab the screenshot that he had changed it to Elana Musk because apparently a Russian oligarch or some Russian Putin sympathizer uh, oh, okay. made, made fun of his first name, so he just went ahead and changed it. Um, but anyway, he, he hereby challenges Vladimir Putin to single combat. The stakes are Ukraine. <laughs> and oh i'm my like gosh. yeah okay this is this is how we should do this this is how we should uh you know just one person i you know as a kid i was like why don't they just use the olympics to to stop you know to to help resolve all of our conflict be like you know what if you don't if you win in the, the olympics you can't, you can't you, you can't go into that country it's just not possible you just can't do it unfortunately you see, life you, they made work that way you look at here. the silver medals and then whomever's higher on silver medals because you know like neither brown what, yeah. so there's some kind of balance and that's the one that's going to win the, the argument. And that's it. Yeah. No war. 
Yeah, no war. Oh man, that would be really great. That would um, be great. You know what else would be great? We're gonna we're gonna end with uh, the permanence, maybe possibly depends on what the house says, uh, and and the president of daylight saving time. So it's possible that after all these decades of our lives of everybody complaining once a year because we always like the one hour later in the year that we would get extra overnight, um, that we're going to make it permanent, not have to stop changing our clocks, not have to stop, not Yay. have to change our clocks twice a year or the one time a year. Like, why don't we just keep moving our clocks back every three months? So it like, by the way, every guys, three months, we get an extra hour of sleep. We could have had four people if it wasn't because of the daylight savings. Oh, Today. man. You're saying. Oh, we could have had four people. Daylight not just savings. Three. Oh, man. So the government has influenced our, our podcast already. I would just uh, like I would just like to go on the record to say that this is only a half good solution. We should be on standard time. Yeah, the more I actually research it, I'm like, oh, I guess if I had to. Yeah, especially since daylight time, they've been able to show that on daylight savings time, your uh, energy costs actually go up. So thanks, government. Mm. You're still making you know, everything I bet, more you, I bet you the energy lobby is is lobbying for this. Oh my god. <laughs> it is, is the public it is a choice time, theory involved here. <laughs> it is a time discoordination created by the government. It is a mini uh, how does it Austrian business cycle when it comes to a mini daylight nano time yeah, micro. It's a nano, yeah. But it's yeah, still yeah. we got a lot we got a, a lot you know of investment what? mistakes. Aaron, you know what we should do? We should just what? privatize timekeeping. That's exactly what, we're, what I was going to go with. <laughs> we should just all have our own. I mean, I actually I actually sometimes wonder if the people I hire to do things like to like build an addition on my house or like whatever it might be, like, do they run on the same clock I run on? Because like I've had people tell me, yeah, I'll be there two tomorrow. And they like show up at sometimes at like one thirty, sometimes so I, at three thirty. I'm like, are we all on different time zones? Time. So are you saying that it's know. kind of privatized already in reality? And yeah, you know, in reality, it's privatized. So, you know, it, it'll give people incentive to actually talk the same language rather than be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show up at 3.30. And then they show up three days later or something like that. But by, by the way, before we end, uh, uh, we're going to show the uh, the latest articles the la of the last two weeks. Ah, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. I should have worked this in. But I was a <laughs> terrible host. You're fired. I actually kind of right, like right. it. This is like, yeah. <laughs> How do I say this it's without nice sounding change, bad? It's nice, it's, nice change, it's nice to change it up a bit. You, you always need, need a point of, of, of point of reference. Let's just say that. Yeah, okay. okay. So let me show you real quick. Share the screen. Yeah. Ready, guys? Mm-hmm. Okay, the latest one by Listeners, our... you're missing out. I yes, know. you are. Actually, I'm, you're I'm not because he's going to read you the titles. <laughs> I'm going to try to describe as best as possible, but there's nothing like looking at our amazing website that you want to visit every single day. Uh, okay, so... Every single hour. You that, have to that, that's keep where your browser open at libertarianchristians.com. 24-7. <laughs> okay. Also, I think Chrome does let you do it, okay? So uh, our new uh, writer, uh, John Aldecoa from Spain, uh, excellent economist. Uh, he's an expert on money and banking, so he explains how uh, international bank transfers work and why, because uh, we wanted someone to explain what was not just the fact that Russians were uh, taken out of international uh, of international payment system, but what was the process that they were cut off from, which also one way or another included some type of uh, Russian Russian civilians that have nothing to do with uh, Putin's decision. 
yeah, um, this that was, was this was an interesting article. I'm glad you liked it because yeah, I yep. thought I thought it was. That's why when I saw it, I was like, mm, this is actually pretty going to be pretty very, very uh, timely, if you wish. Yep. Um, uh, Norman, uh, when he's not ranting, he's actually uh, writing. <laughs> he's uh, writing rants. Insights. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what insights. Okay, now it, the whole <laughs> the whole universe makes sense now. Okay, that was actually weekend rants, not weekend insights. But okay, so. <laughs> Uh, the typical weekly uh, insights from our beloved um, president. And then John Locke is not a libertarian. This one is actually very... Um... Now, you, for the John Locke um, fans, uh, they're libertarians, guys, uh, watch, read this article, then go watch and listen to Stephen Kinsella's uh, presentation on Locke's uh, big mistake uh, John Locke was a nice guy. We like him a lot, but uh, he was kind of in favor of the welfare state, and he kind of set up things for the theory of uh, labor theory of value, so on and so forth. Mm. So please research on this. Okay. Um, we we st we still look up to him, but yes, the the mistakes were big, and and nothing wrong with it. We're building up on uh, upon his shoulders, so we shouldn't look at it as being anti uh, Lockians. But we do have to talk about these issues because non libertarians would use those passages where Locke defends some type of uh, government intervention, uh, some type of state intervention, uh, to um, to minimize the libertarian case for a fully privatized society. So uh, that's why I thought it was very important to uh, to have. So, this in other words, we need nuanced conversations. That's exactly no. where I was going to go. <laughs> and the last article in the last two weeks, uh, a book review from Woke Racism, uh, highly recommended uh, for you guys to read it. This book is the number one book of 2021. I promise oh, you, wow. you will not be disappointed in woke racism and uh, and jacob the kim, and the jacob review kim, so. who is our yeah and of course jacob kim writes an amazing review on it uh he doesn't just yeah if i were to write the review of woke racism i would have zero almost well no, i'd probably pick one tiny little nit with with john mccorder because i'm a huge john mccorder fanboy but anyway the book's amazing so yeah it's amazing liberty the you get a very good book and the review it has in a libertarian and Austrian uh, point of view that is very, very insightful about how we coordinate our investment uh, of our tax dollars. Very, very important for libertarians to discuss this kind of issues, even though libertarianism is not and cannot ever be a lifestyle nor a culture of movement. Uh, culture, government does affect and spends money, our tax money on cultural issues and we have to be aware of what the federal government is doing with our tax money mm -hmm. even if we agree and even more so we don't agree with how they spend their, mo their money so uh those are the last two weeks uh, articles uh you guys are invited please go and look for them read them they're very interesting and libertarian they were chosen by us. guys yes libertarian hand chosen handwritten hand, <laughs> hand <laughs> yes. rung hand rung there's no moisture in them at all we've wrung them out and they are best. And <laughs> I am not doing the metaphors right. But no, anyway, we will, we will end this on a high note uh, or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys, everybody, for joining us. Please subscribe. Uh, share this with your friends. Oh, actually, one of the most important things also is Faith Seeking Freedom. The podcast is available. And we are like eight episodes in. They're very short, as in like five to ten minutes. I think one of them is 12 minutes. Uh, they're like, you know, you can like go to the mailbox and back and listen to it. 
um, if you live in the country. Um, so you can listen to Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast um, at libertarianchristians.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Aaron, Carrie, I guess we'll call it for the week. See you later. <laughs>